Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is awesome. We praise you, Lord God, and we thank you that we have the ability and you give us the strength to praise and bless your holy name. I want to greet you tonight in no other name but the most high and awesome name of Jesus. What a great God you and I serve tonight. What a great God we have. What a great God we can call out to tonight. I just want to bless each and every one of you that are listening from around the world to Reaching Out Radio International. You're listening to tonight's program, In the Word, with your sister Pearl. I am your sister Pearl, and I'm so honored, honored and privileged of the Lord to be with you. Well, I pray that you're doing well. I pray that you're doing good. I pray that you've been encouraged. I pray that you've been strengthened and and lifted in your spirit to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Tonight, we're going to look at yet another weapon because we're talking about the weapons of our warfare. And we've already learned that they're not carnal, but they're mighty toward the pulling down of the enemy's strongholds. We talked about the word of God. Amen. We talked about the name of Jesus. We talked about prayer. And we're talking tonight about praise. Praise is tremendous. And I want to encourage you with tonight's title, Let Praise Be Your Weapon. Amen? Let praise be your weapon. Wherever you happen to be listening to the sound of my voice, whether it's tonight live or it's on demand, morning, noon, night, or even the middle of the night, you happen to be up and you want to listen to an encouraging word, I just want to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let praise be your weapon, phenomenal weapon in the believer's arsenal. Amen. So let me just pray with you before we begin. And thank God for this opportunity. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed, so very privileged of God that we're yet number one in the land of the living. And we have an opportunity. Praise your name again. And no matter what is going on in our lives, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will continually help us to praise and magnify your holy name. No matter what is going on, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, no matter what the trial, no matter what the storm, we want to be able to praise you right in the midst of that because we know that you're working the all things together for good to all those that love you and are called according to your purpose. And so with that knowledge, we can definitely praise your name. Hallow your name. Bless your name, Jesus. Honor your name, Lord God. We ask that you will touch every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every young person, every teen, every young adult, every senior citizen listening to this message tonight, whether they be in um, whatever, Lord God, whether they be in whatever continent, be it Africa, Asia, Europe, 
Australia, North America, South America, the Caribbean islands, the different areas within Mexico, wherever they happen to be listening from. I just pray your blessings upon your people. And for those that don't yet know you as Lord and Savior, may tonight be the night when they will want to follow Jesus with their whole heart. Bless me as your servant is going to bring this word tonight. Anoint me that I not say anything apart from your will, but everything according to your purpose and your plans for your people. Bless me. Bless the listeners, God. Make us all a blessing to the people that you allow us to come in contact with. God, we want to be blessed so that we can be blessings. So we thank you, Lord God. Bless the woman of God, Evangelist Montel Fields, who is the visionary behind this broadcast and all of the different uh, programs on Reaching Out Radio International. We pray that you bless her real, real good and give her the desires of her heart as she seeks to honor you with everything. Bless Bless her, Lord God, and bless the rest of us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So let praise be your weapon. Let praise be your weapon. Uh, I want to share from Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 17 through 18. As one of the verses, we're going to look at a lot of scripture tonight, but I want to start out with Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 17 through 18. You will not have to fight this battle. This is what the Lord had said uh, to the king, Jehoshaphat, when he was being surrounded with so many enemy armies. Actually, there were three enemy armies uh, trying to uh, attack him and attack uh, the children of Israel. So I want you to hear what God told him. It is phenomenal, just a phenomenal scripture and such an encouragement. You will not have to fight this battle. And that's not only to the children of Israel, that's to you and that's to me. The battle that you're dealing with is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. So I want to say to all of the listening audience that put their faith and confidence and trust in the Lord Jesus that you too, you do not have to fight your battle alone. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. That's Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 17 through 18. And also I'd like to read to you from Psalm chapter 50, Psalm 50, um, verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who sets his way properly, I will show the salvation of God. Wow. Let me read that to you again. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who sets his way properly, 
I will show the salvation of God. And you might say, well, why does the Bible say he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me? Because sometimes when you and I are going through such a difficult time, we do not praise God just freely. Our flesh does not desire to praise God at those times when we're going through some hellish experiences. Our flesh, it it conducive in the natural for our flesh to want to praise God because we're upset, we're downhearted, we're going through. But let me tell you something. That's the time to thank God. That's the time to honor God. That's the time to praise God and offer, as the psalmist is encouraging us, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Don't just wait to praise God when you're, you know, everything is fine, hunky-dory. That's an English idiom. It just means everything is going your way. You feel so excited. You feel happy. Uh, You know, you're on a high as far as you're on an uptrend. Everything seems to be going your way. Don't just wait for those times to thank and praise God, but offer the sacrifice when things are tough, when in the natural your flesh is finding it difficult to praise God. It does not come easy. That's the time that you and I are to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Why? Because we know that God is worthy of the praise regardless of what we're experiencing, regardless of how we feel, independent of what we're going through or our present circumstance or our hardship, God is still worthy of the praise. So offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Because when you do that, the Bible says, God says, you honor me. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me meaning God, and to him who sets his way properly, I will show the salvation of God. So in other words, no matter what you're going through, feel free to offer the praises and thanksgiving to God because he's going to show you his salvation. He's going to give you the victory. Don't wait for the victory to arrive. Begin to praise him now. And what is praise exactly? I believe that we can see what praise is when we read Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. And it reads like this. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises of your name. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. That's what praise is. Praise is thanking God with all your heart and telling others of the wonderful deeds that God has done for you, for your loved ones, for your ancestors, for your friends, for your family, for your coworkers. It is telling. It's relating the story and the stories, plural, of the wonderful deeds of God. Amen.
I will be glad, verse 2 of Psalm 9. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises. In other words, I'll even sing of how good you have been and how good you are and how good you will continue to be. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. I'd like to share with you this evening how powerful praise is and how it is many times the best and favorite alternative to doing something that you and I may most likely regret. See, because if I'm thinking, and I'm going to be honest, in the natural realm, many times, especially if I happen to be going through a difficult situation and, I, and everything is not happy, happy, but it's a hardship, it's a pain, whatever experience that I'm dealing with. And so it is better, rather than reacting to the circumstance, it is a better choice to choose. And I want to show you this evening how powerful praise really is. And again, I repeat, it is many times the best and the favorite alternative to doing something different, the opposite of praising, which is complaining or, or trying to work something out in our own mind, in our own flesh, in our own will. Don't try to work anything out in your own, but seek to praise God and let him give you his divine strategy. If you let God have his way, and you obey God, you will never regret. Place praise at the very beginning. And I'm going to show you how one of the tribe of Israel, and his name was Judah, I'm going to show you uh, how Judah was often the one that would go ahead of trouble. And even in, you know, Judah was the fourth son of Jacob, and he was a son of Leah. Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel. Leah gave birth to more children than Rachel did. Rachel was the favored wife. She was the, she was the wife that, you know, Judah really, really wanted. But then Rachel and Leah's father-in-law tricked Judah into marrying his older daughter first. And that was Leah. But anyway, the fourth son of Judah, I mean, the fourth son of Jacob, excuse me, was named Judah. What does Judah mean? It means praise or let God be praised or praised. E-D, past tense. So praise, praised, or let God be praised. So when you hear the name Judah, it means let God be praised. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you something tonight that may, maybe you have not thought about this before. And I was thinking on this, and I'm sure the Lord is the one who inspired me with this, that Judah often went first. And I can even uh, tell you this. Even in the scriptures, let's see, in Judges chapter 1 
and verses 1 and 2. We're not talking about now the man called Judah, but we're talking about the tribe, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of those tribes, because each tribe was named after the sons of Jacob. And so the Bible says that after the death of Joshua, I'm reading from Judges chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. After the death of Joshua, the great leader of Israel, the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. So in other words, send the tribe of Judah first to go up and fight against the Canaanites because I have given the land into their hands. But I want to also show you that even who the tribe Judah was named after, the man Judah, the son, the fourth son of Jacob, I want to show you how oftentimes God used him to prevent calamity. Now let me just show you by sharing the scriptures in the word of God that when Joseph's brothers were planning to kill him, okay, remember I said that Jacob had these sons, and his favorite son was Joseph. And because of a lot of jealousy and some of the actions uh, of, of Joseph, his brother, I mean, there's never an excuse. I mean, the, the brothers, Joseph's brothers were horrible. And they were plotting and planning to kill Joseph, their own very flesh and blood. They were his half-brothers. They were fathered uh, by Jacob, and they all had the same father, uh, Jacob, but they had different mothers. But Joseph's brothers hated the fact that he was so beloved of their father, Jacob, and they hated. They, 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 they grew to hate Joseph. And it was Judah who interceded on the behalf of Joseph by telling his brothers, and I'm reading from Genesis 37, 26 to 27, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. And because of Judah interceding, Thank God that the life of Joseph was spared. And we know what a phenomenal man of God Joseph was. Then again, another time, Judah offers himself as a ransom for Benjamin. Because now, fast forward the story, you know, you can read the full, full account of this in Genesis chapters, um, you can just read the whole story in Genesis about Joseph and about his brethren and about how they were going to, you know, try to kill him, but then God spared his life 
and all the things that happened. Joseph, you can read that whole story in the, in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. All right? But now we find again, Judah offers himself as Benjamin's ransom. Why? Because now they're back, they're in Egypt, because there was great famine in the entire world, including where uh, the people of God lived, Jacob and his family and his sons and their families, great famine. And they went to Egypt, where God had so highly anointed and appointed their brother Joseph to be the second one in command. Of course, they did not know this at that time, but Joseph was the second man that was in command of the entire land of Egypt. The only person that was higher than him in the natural was the Pharaoh. And so they had to get everybody that needed to get food, had to travel from their different nations and countries to travel to Egypt. And guess who they had to see? Joseph. But now, Joseph had one brother that was his full brother from his mother and his father. That was his younger brother by the name of Benjamin. And when Joseph saw Benjamin, he said to the rest of the brothers, listen, go back and bring your father here to talk to me. At that time, he did not yet reveal. He was about to do it, but he didn't do it yet. He didn't reveal to his brothers his real identity, that he was, in fact, Joseph, their brother, that they had sold into slavery. But anyway, he said, please, let this younger brother of yours stay with me, and I'll keep him here until you bring back your father, Jacob. And Judah said, no, please don't do that. Judah said in Genesis 44, 33 to 34, now, therefore, please let your servant, meaning himself, Judah, Judah remain instead of the lad, instead of Benjamin, as a lad, as a slave to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me, lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father? Wow. So, again, we see that Judah interceded for Benjamin his half-brother, he interceded. And that was the time that Joseph finally broke down and revealed his true identity to his brothers, that he was indeed their brother. But again, Judah intervened on the behalf of Benjamin. And Judah intervened on the behalf of Joseph earlier when they were going to kill him. And that's just what happened. So Judah means praise or to be praised, but it also we also learn that Judah is one that intervenes. And even, even in another portion of Scripture, when I'm going to read now from, let's see, this is Genesis 46, 28 to 34. Again, Judah is the one who's pleading and intervening. Judah pleaded in verses 44, to, uh, 44, verses 33 and 34. Now, therefore, well, I just read you that, let your servant remain. But here was another portion of scripture. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and speak to Pharaoh. And I will say to him, my brothers and my father's household who are living in the land of Canaan have come to me. There we see again that. God just uses um, 
he just uses someone like a Judah to intervene, to go ahead, to go before. It's so wonderful. Even when, um, wow, when Jacob was going to go ahead and meet his brother Esau, who went ahead of Jacob? It was Judah. It was Judah. It's just phenomenal. And I just want to share that with you to let you know that praise should always go up first. Let praise always go up first. Praise go up before the complaining. Let praise go up before the depression, the oppression, you know, the despair. Let praise go up. Because when you praise God, it's expressing to God your appreciation and understanding of his worth. Praise is blessing and commending God for each aspect of his divine nature. In doing so, we're better enabled to broaden our vision of who God is. When we praise God, we get our mind off of the problem, and we get our mind on God's character and God's ability and God's might and God's greatness and God's awesome power. And we remember the many, many things that he's done for us in the past when we begin to praise God. So praise is a phenomenal weapon in every believer's arsenal. We need to learn how to praise God. We need to learn how to let the praises of God go first. Amen. Let God's praises go before anything else. Let the praises of God go first. Begin with praise. I'm going to read from 1 Chronicles chapter 15. Verses 16 through 25, real quickly. David told the leaders of the Levites to appoint their fellow Levites as musicians to make a joyful sound with musical instruments, lyres, harps, and cymbals. So the Levites appointed Haman, son of Joel, from his relatives, Asaph, son of Berechiah, and from their relatives, the Merariites, Ethan, son of Cushiah, and with them, their relatives, next in rank, and all the names going down. I'm going to skip down now to verse 25. So David and the elders of Israel and the commanders of units of a thousand went to bring up the ark, listen to this, of the covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with rejoicing. Meaning, praise. Begin with praise. Even the Ark of the Covenant was brought back by God's people praising him. Then when we take a look at Second Chronicles, let's take a look at Second Chronicles. This time, chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 13 and see what the Word of God says there. The trumpeters. And the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures. Temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. One of the things that the devil hates is for God's people to praise him. 
The devil does not like for you to praise God, woman of God, man of God. The devil does not like when Sister Pearl praises God because what he would like to do is keep our minds and our, our, our focus, our intents, our thoughts, and all of the wrong things that are happening, all of the things that he's doing. So he would like to grab our attention and show us all of the horrific things that he's doing. But instead, what we should be doing is looking at our God and how awesome he is and begin to praise him even in the midst of heavy battle. Praising first prepares us to rightly present our needs to God when we pray. So again, I, I remind you, I remind me of the of the Lord's Prayer when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. What did God answer? How did Jesus respond to that request? Lord, teach us to pray. Did he just give them, you know, a list of things that they should be asking God for? Is that how he started teaching them the Lord's Prayer? No, he did not. What he said was, our Father, hallowed, holy, high, exalted is your name. So even Jesus, in responding to the disciples' request, Master, teach us how to pray. Jesus immediately taught his disciples to start praising God. Start praising God. Why did I bring up about Judah in the very beginning of this message? I brought it up. I brought up his name. I brought up the tribe of Judah because it means let God be praised. And so I want to remind you, and I'm reminding myself, that we should always have a posture of praise first. Like I said in the beginning, Judges chapter 1, the great man of God, Joshua, had just died. So the children of Israel, they wanted to know, now that we know that God wants us to go and to take possession of Canaan, but we're going to have to fight the Canaanites, which tribe is going to go first? And God said, send Judah first, meaning send up the tribe of praise first. What are you going through? What are you dealing with? Tear your heart to praise God. Now, I know in a past message, I talked about Second um, Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to look there really briefly right now because I had already taught on this in a previous message, but it's so appropriate for me to bring it up right now. And, and what this is, again, is the time. I read this first at the beginning of tonight's message, but I want to read it to you again. Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verses 20 to 22. And this is the time that the 
three enemy armies had come to surround Israel. That's very frightening. Having one enemy is bad enough. Having three? We're not talking about three people. We're talking about three armies surrounding Israel, the nation of Israel. That's very frightening in the natural realm. But look at what God did on their behalf as they put the praisers at the very beginning of their army. And we know at the end that not one Israeli soldier, not one Hebrew soldier had to engage in this army to fight against their enemies. Not one. But early in the morning, Second Chronicles chapter 20, 22, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes. He set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zeah who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Wow. The three enemy armies were defeated. And how did that take place? As they obeyed God by praising him first. And it was such a tremendous victory. Three whole days. I'm talking about the Hebrew army spent three days collecting the spoils. Collecting the spoils. That's deep. Three days. Three days. Psalm 42 and verse 5 says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again still praise him for the help of his presence. That's the word of the Lord speaking to you, beloved. Now, you might be going through deep waters, but I want you to lift up your eyes and say, like the psalmist, speak to your own spirit, encourage your own heart, and say, why are you despair? Speak to your own soul, even right now. Why are you in despair, oh, my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. Put your name right there. If your name is Susan, hope in God, Susan. If your name is Mark, hope in God, Mark. For I shall again still praise him for the help of his his presence. I know that my Redeemer lives. That's what Job said. I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the end, he's going to stand for me. He's going to give me the victory. Amen. The word of God also says in Psalm 33, verse 1, praise is becoming to the upright. Praise is becoming 
to the upright. And the psalmist says in Psalm 71, 14 to 16, I will praise thee more and more. Psalm 119, verse 62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to thee. Thanks and praise is synonymous. You know, well, almost synonymous. Like you can thank somebody for something, but to praise it, to praise somebody is like this. Oh, you're such, you know, you're such an encourager. That's praising them. Oh, you're such a strong person. That's praising them. You're such a good mother. That's praising them. You're such a good daddy. That's praising him. And so we need to speak like that to our Heavenly Father. We need to thank him and praise him. Praise him. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how mighty he is. Because you're not just telling him. You're speaking to your own spirit, and you're reminding your own spirit. Oh, my goodness. You're reminding your own soul and your own self of how awesome and mighty and great God is. It was just like when in the Old Testament, Judah interceded on the behalf of his brother Joseph because there was a better way. There's a better way than just killing him. And of course, God had a, had a purpose for Joseph being sold into slavery in Egypt. He had to go to Egypt so that eventually he would go not only to Potiphar's house, but he would go to prison, and eventually he would go before Pharaoh, and eventually he would be the number two man in all of Egypt. Wow. Many times when you and I are going through stuff, we have no idea why God is allowing it. But instead of complaining, let's begin to praise God. You know, when I read the whole account of what happened with the man of God, Joseph, in the book of Genesis, I never once heard him complain. And I would encourage you to go back and read the story of Joseph. Not once do we hear him complaining, even though it was so horrific what happened to him. Betrayed by his own flesh and blood. Nobody can hurt you like your family can hurt you. Nobody can hurt you and wound you and devastate you like your own flesh and blood. And Joseph experienced that. Betrayed by his very brothers. But God so blessed Joseph that in the end, he was used of God to protect and to nourish and to feed not only the brothers that, except for Judah, they wanted him dead, provided for their family, their wives, their children as well. This is how God wants to use us. But we've got to be willing to praise God. We've got to be willing to to remember 
that God has a, a better plan. If he's allowing us to go through a hell-like experience, he's got a better plan. So this whole principle of send Judah first, it, it is a, a biblical principle that we should apply to our lives in general. Send the praises of God up first. I'm thinking of Paul and Silas, great men of God. Paul, the one who wrote the majority of the epistles in the New Testament. Paul and Silas were placed in prison. And what does the Bible say that they were doing? While they were prisoners, held captive, and what happened? I mean, here goes two mighty men of God. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, time to go into that whole story, but I encourage you to read it, but it does say that the magistrates had ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods, after that, they were severely flogged, like if beating them with rods was not enough. After that, they were severely flogged. They were thrown into the prison. And the, the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Can you imagine what kind of a power of God did these men have that they could have been beat up, flogged, thrown into prison, and still the commander, the jailer was commanded to guard these people safely. Well, they were so beat up, but still they were beat up, but they had the power of God, and and that's what people are afraid of. That's what people are afraid of when they see you, when they see me, if we're authentic. And we have the genuine power of God, the genuine anointing of God, nothing made up, nothing that's, you know, manufactured by the flesh, but something that's real, people are afraid of you. The devil is afraid of you. The people that are, that are not under the authority of Jesus Christ, they're afraid of you. But now I want to tell you what Paul and Silas were doing. Were they moaning? Were they complaining? Were they saying, woe is me, as they were, you know, thrown into the prison after they were already beaten up? Not only were they thrown in, they were put in the inner cell, and then their, their feet were fastened in stocks. So they were not walking around in their cells. The Bible tells us in verse 25 of Acts 16, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and listen to this, singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I'm sure they were listening to them. So they've never seen anything like this in their lives. Here goes these men that are in chains, feet in stocks, had already been beaten up and flogged, and they're in the prison, not complaining, but singing hymns to God, praising God, praying to God. Wow. I tell you, there's nothing like Praising God. What a phenomenal weapon that is. To praise God first. To let 
his praises be in your lips rather than the complaints. Let the praises of God be much on your lips. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 19 says, I will guide them, Israel's mourners, creating praise on their lips. Let God create praise on your lips. Amen. When you're going through, remember, remember to send Judah first. Remember that that is the better thing to do rather than fall into a whole mire and and, and muck and hole of just complaining all the time. That's not going to help you. That's not going to bring the victory. What will bring the victory, how you begin to praise and worship your God. Amen. The only true and living God. Again, I want to read to you from Hebrews 13 and 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us not sometimes, but the Bible says, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. In the beginning, I talked about the thanksgiving, the the sacrifice of thanksgiving. But now I'm saying from Hebrews, Offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of of lips that openly profess his name. That bears repeating. Hebrews 13 and 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, not just when it feels comfortable, in everything, in the good, in the bad, in the up, in the down, in the comfortable, in the uncomfortable, let us continually offer to God. When I'm crying, I'm still offering to God a sacrifice. I remember one time, and some of you have heard me say this before, I was teaching in a church in the Bronx many, many, many years ago before I even went to minister overseas. And I was teaching, and a young man asked me, but Sister Pearl, you told us that God can read our hearts and read our minds. I said, sure. He said, well, how can I offer praise to God when I don't feel like it? There are times, he said, to be honest, I just don't feel like praising God. It's hard. And that's when I was able to share with him what I shared with you at the beginning of this broadcast. We're not just to praise God when we feel like it. We're to offer to God, here it is in Hebrews 13, 15, Offer to God a sacrifice of praise, meaning that it takes something from me to give that praise. It's not coming easy. Abraham was willing to offer his only son from his wife, the promised child, not not the son from Hagar, but the promised son, the only son that he had from Sarah and with Sarah that God gave him, that God had given him 
prophetic word that you will, you're, 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 through the angels that spoke to Abraham, and they said, your wife will give birth to a son. But then later on, God asked for Abraham to sacrifice that same son. And again, we never read anything because it never happened. Abraham didn't complain and say, oh, dear God, how could you ask me to give me this son that you finally gave me in my old age and in, in, in my wife's old age? You opened up her womb, and now you're asking me to sacrifice this son? Abraham never complained to God. He went up and worshipped. He went up and praised God. And, of course, we know. But in the end, he did not have to offer his son as a sacrifice to God because God had a ram that was caught in the thicket. And God says, no, don't lay a hand on your son, but instead sacrifice this ram to me. I tell you, the sacrifice of praise is so important. It's so important. Let's continually offer to God praise that the fruit of our lips will openly profess his name instead of complaining, instead of saying, woe is me, instead of saying all the negative stuff. Just begin to open up your mouth and worship God. It is a mighty mighty weapon in the arsenal that God has given you in this spiritual warfare where you and I are engaged in. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. The Bible says in Psalm 149, verse 6, and verse 7, May the praise of God be in their mouth and a double-edged sword in their hands. Now listen to this, verse 7. To inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. Wow. You mean to tell me that sometime God uses my praises, my praising his awesomeness as I'm just praising him? that that praise is going forth from my mouth and it's a double-edged sword inflicting vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. Let me read to you the rest. This is so exciting. To bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them, this is the glory of all his faithful people, and you and I that belong to the blood washed, we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We need to have the praises of God go easily from our lips, sending Judah first to worship, praise, lift up 
name of Jesus. And as you and I lift up the name of Jesus, watch and see what he will do. It is phenomenal. There is nothing like praising God. There is nothing like worshiping God. Even the last part of that Psalm 149, the last three words, it's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Remember that story that I said tonight and I've said so many, many times. I've shared with you from Second Chronicles chapter 20. The children of Israel did not lose one soldier, did not have to engage physically in warfare. When those three enemy armies came against them, all they did was send the praisers before them, and they began to praise God with them. And behold, they saw the mighty acts of God, how the three enemy armies started fighting themselves. Instead of fighting Israel, the people of God, the children of of the Lord, instead of fighting the Hebrew children, they were fighting each other. The three enemy armies decided to fight each other. (laughs) You don't play with the things of God. You don't mess with God's people. Don't worry about who's against you. Don't worry about your enemies. Just begin to praise God and see what he will do on your behalf. Father God, we thank you for this time that we spent together. We thank you that praise is a mighty, 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 mighty weapon that the believers have. And we are reminding ourselves of your greatness, goodness as we praise you, as we exalt your holy name, as we hallow your name, God. It helps our own spirit to hear and to be reminded of how very awesome, tremendous, and great you are. Nothing, absolutely nothing, is too hard or impossible with you. And so help your people all over the world that are hearing this word tonight and whenever they listen, help them to be quick to praise and adore you because you are worthy, praise, and so much more. Well, this is your sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International, and I love you very much, but the Lord Jesus loves you so much more. Until next time, God bless you real good. Bye-bye.